There is a lot of confusion with investors with what they have to do with the new residential tenancy laws that came into effect in March this year. In regards to making sure their properties are compliant to be occupied, so many investors are getting out of the residential rental market because it's all too much to take on board. Today, we are going to give you an easy guide of what you need to do to make sure your investment properties are compliant and how to keep on top of your rental obligations. You're listening to Real Estate Right. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent, and invest right. Your host is Sue Langda. Real Copyright is expanding to include more parts of Melbourne with our dedicated team of experienced copywriters knowing all the best bits of your suburb, the target market for your property, and the points of differences that make your property a standout. Give us a call on 5977-889 to see how we can bring the right buyers to your door. Today, we have two amazing trades keen to educate and help our listeners who are investors or looking to buy an investment property understand the new residential tenancy laws. First up, Andrew Butler, Managing Director of Butler Plumbing, a family-owned maintenance plumbing company which is about to celebrate 35 years in the business as well as the passionate, charismatic, talented and all-round good guy, director of McCartney Electrical Solutions, Jono McCartney, who runs a team of highly skilled and quality-driven staff who are dedicated to providing top-notch service to the aged care, NDIS, real estate and construction industries. Wow. I think Andrew might need to grab Jono's title too. Anyway, (laughs) welcome Andrew and Jono. How are you both? I guess. Hey, mate. You're good? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, doing well. I'm not, not as charismatic as some, but I am here. Oh, you are here, which is great to see. Now, um, we're going to be talking about how to comply with your plumbing and electrical needs with the new Residential Tenancy Act. There is a bit of confusion going on there, isn't there? Plenty of confusion going on at the industry with this one. Yeah. Whether it's a property manager or whether it's the actual landlord themselves. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's hard to find um, that sort of sweet spot at the moment that's trying to keep everybody happy. Yeah. And that's the reality. We're just sort of talking about that before. Sometimes even the legal people who are putting these laws together don't quite know what's right. Yeah, I feel they've thrown it out there and they're going to sort of let it form as it's out in the the industry. There's been a call for it. They've been pushing it for five years to get this up and going. I think they've taken advantage of recent events to push it out. Yes. And now they're going to let it form while it's out in in operation. Mm. Anyway, we'll see how it goes. But, like, you know, you guys have got your job to do. Um, now, what's considered an urgent repair when it comes to the new laws? It's coming from, an, I guess it's whether it's a gas or electrical point of view, yeah. an urgent repair is one of those things that you look at, is it a life-threatening yes. situation? That's basically the gist of it. So if you can look at it and you think that somebody's life or there's going to be some sort of insurance claim yes. potentially put around this so PowerPoint that's sitting there on the wall at the yes. moment, it's got sparks hanging out of it. Yeah. Then that is an urgent repair that needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I was talking to Sophie Lyon from Jealous Creek, Borindara, who's um, trained a lot of property managers into all of this, uh, like she was telling me that, you know, dishwashers and air conditioners are now considered an emergency repair on the basis that um, 
like the water could be dripping out of both those appliances and therefore ruin the kitchen cabinets or, you know, the floors or, you know, so it's the ongoing issues that it could create or the, the, the you know, right. I think that's the, the issues. I think the, urge, the urgent repair comes around the uh, – this, you don't want to deal with insurance companies. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> a leaking tap will cause a lot more damage oh, yeah. uh, two hours after it's happened rather than immediately. Yeah. But, but with us on this stuff, it's all about safety. Mm. The only reason we do emergency – sorry, not emergency repairs on the uh, on our tenancy ones here is if it's anything that someone could get hurt on, you yeah. must you must do it. Yes. Like I said, sparks hanging out of the wall or um, a gas leak. Gas leak. Something like that. Yeah, if it's dangerous, we can't walk away from it if it's dangerous. Yeah, so. yeah. Fair enough. Now, why are we doing these checks? Who benefits? Oh, I'd go with tenants. Yeah, it's, it's definitely making the tenants, the tenant of properties better. Yeah. Always, that's the, they're the main beneficiaries of it because, mm-hmm. and there's a reason for it. There's a lot of shoddy tenants out there. A lot of shoddy tenancies. Tenancies. A lot of shoddy tenants. No. Um, but uh, <laughs> a lot of shoddy tenancies. We've, we've gone into some of the older places like that. They've been rented for, you know, 20 years mm. and there's been no maintenance on it because they don't own the property mm. uh, and they keep paying their rent so no one's fixing anything. Yeah. So yeah. this is bringing everything up to a nice safe standard. Yeah. We're yeah. finding that massively at the moment and it's uh, almost those one of, the, one of the ones we're finding too is um, the one that's in between – so the a property developer's gone and bought a property yes. and they're just looking to go in bet- that in-between yeah. time and rent that property out. Yeah. And we had one recently where we actually said we couldn't energise the home. So oh, really? when the new power bill had to come on, like there was at least twelve or $14,000 worth of rectification works that had to happen at that property oh, wow. because of how dangerous it was. Yeah. So it was. So was it worth the developer to actually rent no, the place yeah, out? No, he actually pulled the pin on it and yeah. uh, said, "No, it's better off not doing that works and just letting right. it sit there empty." Yeah. Well, what's the first thing he said to you? Could, yeah. could you just just fix it up a little bit so it's all right for a while? Yes. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, you want to try and the best the thing with, with all this is that you want to try and make a an outcome there for the. the is a, a good outcome for each party yes. um, through this, but um, when it comes to safety, you just really got to put that safety aspect first yeah. instead of what's best for yeah. someone's back pocket, I guess. Yeah, the bottom line. Yeah, because there are a lot of those um, houses that are on the edge of are they livable or not um, that the developers go, we're going to be knocking this down in two, three, four years' time. We're just land banking for the moment. Um, we'll just get the tenant in. And, uh, yeah, they would be screaming at these sort of legislations coming in. Oh, absolutely. Like we've had a couple of instances where we've had to disconnect circuits. Like we haven't had to take anybody off supply, Mm -hmm. but we've had moments where during these we've actually had to disconnect an actual circuit, which we found unsafe and then reported it to the landlord and to the property manager and just said, look, we can't re-energise this. You need to – this is the options that's in front of you. Yeah. Um, it's up to you whether you go with it. If you don't want to go with it, then buy. We actually have to, if they don't want to do anything about it, we have to go to ESV next, yeah. which is the, the fun, that's the fun part. So, so ESV is? Energy Safe Energy- Victoria. Okay. So that's our governing body uh, for both gas and electrical. Okay. <laughs> we, we, are, we are the licensed trades you've got in here today. Yes. Yeah. So EG, it's really up to us. So we're the ones that sign off on it to say it's correct. So if there's an issue, Jono uh, doesn't, doesn't close that off correctly, yeah. uh, um, the circuit. And there is an issue later on 
It's Jono's fault. Yeah. So you've got to cover yourself to make sure this is all done absolutely correctly. Definitely. Other trades aren't licensed the same way. Yes. We're accountable. Mm. So, And you're very aware of that when you do a, uh, a check on something. You've got to make sure it's safe. You've got to go right back to ESV or the yeah. BBA and say, this is the problem. Yes. And they go, sure, we'll put it in writing. Yeah. So. Oh, that's very... Uh... Yeah, sorry, sorry, that's scary, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> scary. Scary, scary for us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we actually just had recently had to uh, sit down with the ASV and um, we're doing an investigation with them at the moment on some works on a property. So yeah. It's quite time-consuming and oh, it's, you know what I mean, you, you're sort of questioning sometimes as well as, oh, did we do this right? It had nothing yeah. to do with us on that job, but um, you're sort of still checking, making sure the boxes are ticked just to yeah. say, yeah, we did this right, did this right. and. Yeah. yeah, it's a. It's you don't want to be put put in that situation. No, <laughs> no. Now, there's a few things that need to be checked frequently. I'll run down a list, and you can tell me if they are required by law to be checked and how often. So, first one: smoke detectors. Six so, months. They have to be checked every six months. Yeah. So anything, any building that's built before August 1997, they can be battery operated. Yeah. Anything that's built. After August 1997, has to be 240 volt powered with a battery backup in it. Wow. So there's not that's, yeah, not yeah. many people know that one. Yeah. Um, so they have to be interconnected as well with the the 240 volt power ones as well. Yeah. So um, yeah. And the purpose of that is so that it goes back to a the switchboard. That no, it's just, it's just got that power. That was the regulation that came in. So the big thing about most of this stuff at the moment is when the when it was built, so they've got timelines around yes. when something was built that was compliant in that time. Yeah. So that's where they're saying that 1997 in August was when the 240 volt came, uh, came in. So anything from that time on that was being built in a new place has to be powered. Yeah. So they're trying to get away with the, um, a battery um, yeah. smoke detector doesn't cut it anymore. Yeah. So, so the whole line, change your clocks, change your smoke alarm, battery's gone. Essentially. They always used to say that. Oh, you still need to change the battery in it. Yeah, 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 but, you, yeah but you yeah. have to test it every six months. A- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, like, I was hearing also that the tenant's not responsible for changing that battery anymore. It's the landlord. Yep. That's what I understand, yeah. 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 They, and they've got to actually get the smoke detector companies or electricians yeah. through. And um, they do a, a test on it, put a little label on it saying what was last tested. Yeah. Okay, cool. Now, Mr. Butler. Gas heaters, including ducted heating systems. Oh, every two years you've got to do a CO test on them yeah. to make sure that you're not going to die drinking your red wine in front of the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, we do service, we recommend 12-month servicing, depending on what it is. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit little bit grey on what it is. You can do a CO test on a property without doing a service on a heater. Okay. Service means you open the front of the heater. If you open the front of the heater, you've got to do a CO test. Okay. You can do a CO test on its own. You can't do a service on its own. Okay. As soon as you pull the front cover off and give it a clean, you you'll go to do a CO test again on it. Yeah. So, But they need to be done every two years, for, definitely for rentals. Yeah. Um, but services, depending on whether if – it's, if it's not functioning properly, needs to be fixed. If you get some tenant saying that this is an issue, I could smell something. Yeah. Which is always very interesting because you can't smell, hear or taste CO. Oh. So if you can smell it, you're normally not – Got a CO problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but really uh, every every two years is a, ma- is a minimum. Mm. Beautiful. Because you can smell gas sometimes, yeah, obviously. You can, you can smell gas. Did you know it's an introduced smell in our gas lines? 
Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's manufactured, isn't it? I heard that. Great, yeah. great line is over in France many, many years ago. This could be hearsay, so let's just say that could be hearsay. Yeah. Um, they added a nice smell to it. A nice? A nice fragrant smell, like a French perfume you oh, smell. Oh, really? Yeah, so if you had friends coming around, you turn the gas on for a while just to make the house smell better. Oh, and so that... If like, it's true or false, that's a great story, isn't it? It is a great story, but can you imagine, like, oh, you know, the gas is on. I didn't get a shower today. Maybe I'll just you know, turn yeah. the gas on for a few minutes. Yeah. Hopefully they don't smoke as they walk in the door. Is, yeah. that, is that a dad joke? <laughs> the king. The king. The king of dad jokes is in the building. <laughs> okay, now how about kitchen appliances? Obviously, ovens, stoves, cooktops, dishwashers, do they have any mandatory requirements to be tested or checked? Uh, the water supply on a lot of these ones, like uh, to, a, to a dishwasher, there's a, there's a hose running through to them that's yeah. under pressure full time. Yeah. Uh, always pays to maintain that and check that that's okay. Yeah. That's a visual. That's not difficult to do. Yeah. Um, but nine times out of ten, most kitchen appliances, it's when they fail. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's no mandatory, you know, two, month, two years or... Not with the no, appliances, no. you're just checking the general integrity of how, all, yeah. how it's all going, yeah. making sure the tenant's actually got something that's workable, yeah. um, that they've, that's fit for purpose, yes. I guess, at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, one thing that we do sort of look at is making sure with the induction cooktops, mm. uh, making sure that those ones have the isolation switch just next to it, which yeah. is a part. Um, it's like just that safety part of it. So yeah. just in yeah. case something goes wrong... Like with the gas, you can just turn that off. There's usually a shut-off valve somewhere for the gas Absolutely. Uh, with that. But with the induction cooktops, originally there wasn't really a isolation point for yeah. it. So, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, shit, something's going wrong. Yeah. yeah go and turn it off. So. That, that's proven to be exactly that. The biggest thing with our gas cooktops mm-hmm. is you've got to have an isolation in the cupboard beside it. Yeah. Uh, we all just put them in behind the uh, electric oven. So if you need to shut it off, you have to pull the electric oven out. Mm dig in the back wall and turn it off that way, which really doesn't work as a shut-off, does it? No. Absolutely no. not. Because so, you're about to blow yourself in the face, Everyone got away with it. So yeah. a lot of the ones, a lot of the tests we do, you actually have to move that shut-off to the cupboard beside, and that's sort of like something that does uh, that does no longer comply. Mm. So that's yeah. a big one we seem to do every second property at the moment. Okay. Yeah. 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 100%. Interesting. How about the switchboard? Obviously, we've gone through that stage of uh, making them, what are they, the safety, safety switchboards? Yeah, safety switches and all that. Um, so the compliance thing with this um, is that all in a tenanted property, that all power and lighting circuits mm-hmm. um, have to have a safety switch on them. So yeah. physically, it's something that you can plug something into or um, your lights there, they have to have safety switches on it. Yeah. So you go to ESV's. Uh, website there and it says uh, that exactly that yeah. this is probably the big thing they're trying to pull up everyone on yeah is the amount of properties that don't that's still got the old federal fuses and mm. you know and some pretty old we've seen some old cotton wiring and the indian oh, rubber nice. that's out there there's some real nasty stuff out there oh. which was should have been pulled out years ago but, yeah um you know i mean at a minimum at least the uh the, the landlord can do is put a safety switch on that cable to make sure that they're protecting the yeah. people that are living in their heart, in that home. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it is. Can I tell you a story? No name, no pack drill on this one, but I had a customer recently. Hopefully you won't hear this. Um, and he needed a safety switch taken out on a circuit. Oh. And he was going to do wow. half it himself. Reason being, you'll love this, he bought a beer fridge, right? Mm. A really old, big beer fridge. Really kept it. But every time the motor turned on, it took out the safety switch. 
because oh. it was so old. I said, so it could be dangerous. And he said, yes. I said, so what would you keep it then? Oh, makes the beer really cold. I swear to God, that's a true story. He didn't want to fix the motor. He just wanted to take out the thing that was saving. <laughs> and the switch clicked out, the beer got warm. So, oh, oh, plus no. he's gotten soft. I said, but what, what caused a fire? And he's gone, but you don't understand. It keeps the beer really cold. Mm. Well, actually, I know, um, <laughs> I know two people who own um, bathing boxes on a Melbourne beach. I won't tell which one it is. Anyway, one is owned by a plumber and he's put, he converted an old fridge in, you know, into a, a gas fridge, so a gas run fridge, so that, you know, when he's in his bath, bathing box, he can get his coldies out of the, the fridge and he's no problems. But the guy next door to him, he has tapped into the power from across the road, put a whole air conditioning system in. He's put automatic doors in his bathing box. <laughs> He's got the fridge, he's got the neon lights, he's got everything. It's a real party place because um, he's tapped into the power from across the road. But then as a rule, they don't have power. They don't have power. They're not supposed to have power. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> you reckon the fairy lights might have been a dead giveaway? <laughs> oh, they're all, you know, solar powered, you know. Yeah. <laughs> of course they are. You could do some good setups on those on those beach boxes. Yeah. But obviously using some solar and some battery yeah. stuff there. There's some stuff you can really do that's good. I've seen how dear they are. I don't think you can afford to do anything after you've bought one. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to be a, a – you have to be a um, uh, council rate payer to get one. You do and mm. live nearby too apparently. Oh, you can't just – I don't think you can – yeah. You can't be the far – in principle, you can't be the other side of the council. It's a big council area. Oh, I don't know about that. Just, I, I don't I, know. Yeah. That's, that's once again a, a friend. But if you had a like, if you had a house down in Portsea, for instance, and you lived up in, you know, Brunswick or something, you could still be a pay, rate payer and have your house. In but you wouldn't be in that council that the beach box is in. Well, yeah, Mornington. You'd be in Mornington. But if you're in Brunswick. Yeah, it's just you got your house. There. Oh, you yeah. opening a can of worms here. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you saw what you're saying is that look where I'm at the sticks, I can't go and buy a beach box. No, you can't. Yeah, right. They attach yeah. them to homes too, don't they? What if I got um, a PO box? No, you have to be a council. <laughs> you have to be a rate payer. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna pay paying rates on a PO box. No. <laughs> a few people we know on Mornington, they've yeah. got the house. It might be two streets back, but the beach box is part of the house. So when they sell, oh. they go together. Yeah. Mm. But apparently, in the last ten years, five years. They've been able to separate it out, but mm. before that, it was when you sold it's the house, the beach box went with it. Yeah, oh, really. And and you can't you can't borrow on it. You have to pay it outright oh, when you buy it. Huh. Beach boxes, aren't yeah, they? I know no beach box. For me. Yeah, <laughs> you think the value would go up now that you're not allowed to travel anymore? So <laughs> yeah, it's they're, they're going to be a good point. There's <laughs> your holiday. Um, now, hot water services. Obviously, we can get electrical ones and gas ones. They have any regulations in terms of how often they have to be checked? Once again, it's more like an appliance. If they fail, yeah. it, no, no one looks at them up the side. They're a beige, large beige box up the side of the property. Yeah. If it keeps delivering hot water, no one even looks. They don't know where it is sometimes. Yeah. Mm. Um, if it fails, you go into it. Electrically, same yeah, thing. same thing, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the, the new insta- installations that we do with them, they've got to make sure it's got an isolator there. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it doesn't necessarily, someone has to have a disconnect, reconnect license to go and work on it safely. Yeah. So they're not actually getting into the switchboard. But, yeah, um, 
the vegetation that you see around some of these hot water oh, units. Yeah. Far can't out. find them. Can't yeah. find them, yeah. Find them. Yeah, a few weeds are growing inside a few that I've yeah. <laughs> like the boys, the boys will ring me up and they go, where do you reckon this one is? And I'm like, what do you mean? I said, it's only just a, a unit. And he goes, we can't find the hot water here in anything. Yeah. It's five foot high and beige. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not helping us. <laughs> they, they always make a noise when they when the hot water services fail. Did you know that? Oh, really? Yeah, they're normally the tenant screaming in the oh. shower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John. Oh, mate, love it. Keep going. Okay, last one. How about air conditioners and evaporative cooling systems? Any hardships on those? No, the biggest thing with those is that they just don't get checked enough. Yeah. So, um, especially if they're getting, it's, uh, with an EVAP, not an EVAP, but a, a splitty, if they're the primary source of heating and cooling in the, mm. in the joint, they've got to be looked at every six months. Yeah. Just because of the fact that they're getting used and the filters are going to be clean, just yeah. make sure that they're, they're working. But as a part, when it comes to the check, as yeah. long as they're bad, they're being serviced, then there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. We, we do evap coolers on the roof. Obviously, they've got a water supply to yes. them. And um, if it's up and it's leaking on the roof, it's up in the, you know, it's up in the gods. It's getting all the weather beaten or anything like that. You pull all the filters off it, you clean them. It's mm. way better when you clean them because they're full of rubbish all the time. Yeah. Uh, then you make sure it's not flying. A lot of the people have the overflow from them running straight to drain. Yeah. So if the uh, inlet, which is very similar to a toilet cistern inlet, yeah. sits up there and it just continues to run because the washer wears out, something happens. Oh. Yeah, they, the first thing they know they've got an issue is their water bill's yes. doubled. Mm. So it does pay to check. And that one very smart man who used to work for us said, what you do is you clean it all out. And people go, well, what did you do? He said, so what I do now is I get up there and I've got a dot of lavender oil and I put it in all the filters after I've cleaned them. Yeah. And it smells clean. He said doesn't do anything that makes it smell clean, but makes people feel better about the pay and the bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, it's clever, man. I'll, I'll give you a story about one of the properties we went and looked at um, when this first came out. It was one of the first ones. Yeah. And the, everything, the whole house had moved. So you could see one of the internal walls had lifted. There was cracks and the whole house was starting to lean back to one corner. And it was around where the kitchen was. Now, I don't have to be a plumber to know that. That's not something's not right there. Right? <laughs> or a spark, you're a builder, but ended up being there was a water leak underneath the floor, and everything the whole house was through the kitchen, yes. and the whole house was sinking yeah. to one side. And it was pulling the house. Yeah, I'm like, oh, and the the tenants like, oh, there's these cracks here, and I went. Yeah, there are. Yeah. I get it. Like, this place is sinking, mate. <laughs> yeah, there's not too much wind blows through in the in the winter, but we're okay, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing they don't. But, but and I guess that's that the tenants are there, but that they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so they're just in a house where they, you know, and hope, hoping that this is a safe joint to be in, mm. but they don't. You know, I mean, we've got to be checking these sorts of things. Yeah. We, we've had the bucket of. In the, the leak in the roof with a bucket in the middle of the kitchen mm. that you go there because you fix something nothing to do with the roof leak. Yeah. And you look at the bucket and you look at the tent. We didn't want to say anything because we thought the rent might go up if we said we had a few problems. Oh, and that's what they do. But, but we're they... there to fix the toilet. What's the bucket in the middle? Oh, yeah, it leaks from there. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that wasn't, they didn't say that, did they? That, yeah. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. And what the rent's going to go up. Yeah. Absolutely. We're scared that the rent would go up. And I said, honestly, you're doing the landlord a disservice because if it's a little leak now, just it's going to, how much damage is it going to be afterwards? Mm. Well, they might put the rent up if I suggest we need to do all these works oh, to it. Wow. So the roof was buggered, you know, and there's probably a fair bit of work in it. Mm. But they figured if they said something, 
Yeah. Then we go up. So it's easier just to empty the bucket in the heavy rain. Nothing yeah. happens five yeah. times a year. So it's okay. Oh, what are you? What about my old tradie, mate? I mean, I've seen a lot of them. I must admit, I had that when I was living in the fire station in Sandringham and we had um, a leak just next to the light fitting in the living room. And, you know, the first thing I knew was, you know, my couch was soaked up with water on one side. And I'm like, can we do something about this? And Move then, the couch. <laughs> the couch. Um, but it took probably a good six months before they worked out what was going wrong. Like, yeah. they could, yeah. And then by the time they did it, um, you know, new ceiling had to be painted and, and like, it's a lot of work. It's a yeah. lot of overflow work, but, yeah. And a lot of it isn't insurable because it's wear and tear. Mm. And That's something that, yeah, you made me aware of that recently is yeah. the insurance part of it. That, yeah. You know, at, um, it's a fine line, isn't it? And they, obviously they're not looking to pay. If the insurance comes in and says, to fix your roof to make sure you don't have a claim, you need to change your roof. Yeah. And they write it all down. They say, there you go. We all know someone recently who's actually just done this. I'll tell you later. Um, and, and there you go. That's what you need should to say, do. should say my roof. <laughs> it wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they said, there you go. That's what you need to do to fix it. Now, yeah. if she has a claim in the next time, they'll say, oh, so did you fix your roof? And they'll go, no, well, no, sorry, no claim. Because mm. you actually haven't. Yeah, you haven't been participating in. Yeah, in, in regular fixing. maintenance yeah. of your, yes. Yeah. But we go on another tangent there. We do. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to have a bit of a break and come back with Andrew Butler and John McCartney, where we will discover what happens after compliance checks are complete. You're listening to Real Estate Right, and we have Andrew Butler from Butler Plumbing and John McCartney from McCartney Electrical Solutions on to talk to us about getting your plumbing and electrical needs compliant when it comes to your investment property. So now, guys, what happens after you've done all the checking? Where's the paper trail go? Ah, this is the fun part for us in the back of the house. <laughs> so this is the big part of it. So it's... Not only does it come back to the office, we go through the compliance check. So yeah. there's two that we use um, at McCartney Electrical. There's the yeah. nine-page one, which is ESV's model. Yes. And we actually use predominantly the master electrician one, which is a 41-page document that we go through. Holy. So property managers <laughs> don't like it. The landlords don't like it. But. It absolutely ticks all the boxes for us yeah. and make sure that our guys are going out to site and checking everything. Mm. You know, that, and this is where they're – at the moment there's a bit of grey out there with – I guess I'm not speaking for myself, but yeah. you do hear it in the industry that there's guys out there doing these at a very discounted rate and with the paperwork that goes in behind it, mm. um, it's very hard to believe that they're doing it. Mm. Um to the standard that it should be. Yeah. So, um, but what happens is, so what we do is, by the time we've sorted out our JSAs for the um, property managers, mm -hmm. do our invoice, we put a quote together for the client. Mm -hmm. So to say, this is the stuff that we've found which is non-compliant, yeah. this is the stuff that you need to action straight away, and then their report goes through it, and there's a little bit of a blurb about how it all gets put together, like what, what, what they need to read, just really short and simple, three, yeah. it's either red, Orange or green. Yeah. Red means get your button moving because something needs to happen now. Orange means 
this is non-compliant stuff, needs to be looked at, mm-hmm. and then green means you're good to go for the next two years. Yeah. You find the same? We are pretty much exactly the same. In fact, we've brought ours down to being on the uh, job management system, which I know you've got it, mm-hmm. and we've actually got it on our phones. Mm. And the biggest problem with the guys is that when you're on a, on a phone or a tablet, you're flicking for a very long time yeah. to get through this. The, uh, the master plumbers one isn't as good. I've seen your electrical one. Mm. Uh, the, the master yeah. plumbers one isn't as good as theirs. So we do use the um, EVA's one, uh, which is which is still very good and still mm-hmm. works for all our points. You have a lot more points on yours than we do on ours. Mm. We're a lot more limited. But the amount of, sheer amount of paperwork in it is amazing. And then you've got to follow it up. Mm. Then you're actually, after you left site, you're still adding time to it because you've got to make sure that if it's, it's got to be compliant, it's safety. Yeah. If we find something that's safety but someone else is going to do the work, we still have to make sure that it's done because my name is still attached to it. Yeah. And if no one else does it, it's still my name attached with it. Even if they said, you're too dear, we don't want you to do this, we'll yeah. get someone else. You've got to make sure someone else is doing it. Yeah. So there's still follow-up after that mm. exactly. So. A lot of phone calls from the sounds of it. Yes. <laughs> Emails in our, our case, yeah. yeah. And, but this is the, the overwhelm that's property managers have got with this. Mm. So they're, they're, they were already busy before this yeah. thing came in. Trying, this is like quadrupling their workload. Yeah. So, mm. so yeah. most property managers would sort of manage 100, maybe 120 properties. Like now they really should be only doing sort of 50, 60 properties. Yeah. I, I can't yeah. speak for what they should, yeah. should or shouldn't be doing, but um, that is, for me, walking into when we were allowed to, obviously yeah. COVID-free, but it's not uncommon for me to go and see a property manager and they're actually in the corner crying mm. because of the overwhelm from oh. what's going on. Well, word on the street from my end yeah. is that it's very, very hard to find property managers at the moment because they're all walking out. Yep. Absolutely. I, I, my, I'll tell you another dad joke. Uh, my my favourite story was having a coffee with a property manager and she had her phone on the, on the table like that and it rang, it was face down, and she said, that's bad news. And I said, how would you know that? You haven't picked it up. She said, it's always bad news. Mm-hmm. It's my boss, it's the tenant, it's the landlord, or it's one of you bloody trades. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's the most thankless job in the world to do. But some agents believe, like, it's actually a really good cha- time to get in now to become a if – you, if you haven't done property management before, you know, get in now because it's going to be a really good qualified sort of job to have. And if you're really good at it um, – Absolutely. Changing the conversation around what a property manager actually is. Yeah. They are a problem solver. Mm. That's purely the role. So if yeah. you're actually told that to start off with. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. So it's like, oh, so this is my job. So yeah. when I roll up in the morning to my job, I'm a problem solver. Yeah. Like it's, uh, I, I, I wouldn't, I guess, being business owners were the same. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah every, right. every phone call that comes through, it's a bloody problem. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Unless we ring each other, Donna. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, if the property is changing hands with a new tenant, does the new tenant receive copies of the compliance checks or at least given dates or when they were last checked? Only if they request it. Mm. If they don't request it, they don't get it. Yeah. And that I, I verified that yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So you, but you also must, do, it's every two years you're meant to have this. Yes. Uh, every time you sign a new lease, you also get it because it's a new, ten- new tenancy. Okay. So if you only sign a 12-month lease, by rights, you should see a new one of these every 12 months. Yeah. Which is a real little bit. I don't think they've worked that piece out there. Yeah. But every time you sign for a 12-month lease, when you sign the next 12 months, you have to get it again. Yeah. They're saying two years, but they're yeah. still 
Yeah. But uh, I said, uh, I spoke to uh, authority yesterday and I said, when? Every time you sign a new lease. Yeah. So if you sign a new one every 12 months, you get one every 12 months. Yeah. Don't ask for it, you won't get it. Yeah. But you did allude to something before where sometimes on the actual appliance there is a number, uh, like a date. You can put a sticker on it to say this was last checked on this date. So they can, you know, look around their property and go, oh. Yeah, we put little labels on the switchboards, yeah. um, which McCartney Electrical was here, and that was the last time this was the compliance check was done, yeah. which is the easiest way to sort of yeah mm. to keep them informed. That's good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just a well, little vista print thing. I think, I think Andrew's <laughs> worked out. Oh, I should do that too. <laughs> Did you hear me writing that note? Did you? <laughs> we put the stickers on the hot waters, yeah. installed and serviced by. Yeah. So even if we didn't install it, we still serviced it. Yeah. Yeah. All good. <laughs> Um, now, as it's something that is easily forgotten, who is responsible for scheduling the next check? Um, is it the plumber, electrician, or the property manager? Uh, the way that relationships do go in the industry, it's it's it has to be on the property management company, yeah. I think, because you know I mean um, someone might jump up and leave, or yeah. um, you know I mean, and then that that portfolio changes hands mm. and that person that's come in to fill that role might not want to use McCartney Electrical. They've got their own contractor. Why so wouldn't, Why wouldn't they? Oh, that's just the way it is, mate. <laughs> <laughs> hey. But that's... It's um, a mystery, John. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. But that, oh, that's what I mean. That, that is what it is and it's that industry role. So yeah. everyone's got their favourites. and um, But that's... Yeah, so for my point of view of that, I think it should probably be back on the property managers with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, and it's just a reminder that goes into the system. Yeah. Yeah, we, we do that too. We put a reminder in the system. But when you go back to contact the real estate or whoever, the OC or whoever's involved in it, they might have no idea what that property is 12 months later. Mm. Two years later, there's probably less chance of it. Mm. So we have it in our system, but you go back and say, Sue, don't forget you've got to. And you go, I haven't lived there for 18 months. Yeah. You're not going to be worried about it. So mm. it's got to be with the real estate who's still managing that property. Mm. But you're right, they actually, it just it actually brings up another interesting one. So, what if the landlord or the owner actually goes, "I don't want to use this company anymore," and goes to another one? So, how are they supposed to know when the next compliance shift? Yep, to happen? that is yeah. another gap in the system. Another gap. Yeah. That happened when the property sold, and it's new investment. So that if they'll have to do a new the, when they sell it or yeah. redo the tenancy. Yeah. So I'm assuming when you sell it, they'd redo the. The compliance checks? Yeah. Well, they should, once again. again I don't think it's locked and loaded yet. <laughs> it's almost like the sticker compliance is probably one of the most important things on there then, making mm. sure that it's it's there and visible. Yes. At least I can see it. It might actually be something that needs to go back to the um, ESV and VBA to say this is you need to put something in there. So we, We've done for years because we do compliance certificates for any job over – $750 for a plumber, including material, must have a compliance certificate mm-hmm. attached to it, which is really just opens up our insurance. It says this is insurable, yeah. which is something we do. And we always had to put a sticker on the meter box, the plumbers did, to say mm-hmm. with a barcode to say this is the work. Yeah. After you've done 15 jobs in a property, there's a hell of a lot of barcodes in the meter box. Mm. Sparkies have been known to pull them out to change things over. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you're nodding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, they gave up on that whole system because it was just too cumbersome, too labour-intensive. Yeah. 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 But you're right, it's a good idea. It has to be something like that. Um, well, maybe there is a new business out there for somebody who wants to create a scheduling service to book these things in. Ooh. So there's a database of every tenanted property in mm. Australia. 
I was going to Melbourne, but yeah, go for Australia. <laughs> let's go. Let's go to Melbourne. Big day. <laughs> you know me too well. <laughs> okay. Now, um, is there anything else investors or tenants need to know when about these compliance checks? Is there anything we've forgotten? Oh, look, for me, it's not really about the what they need to know. It's just where the whole concept's coming from. Yeah. So it's not here to bite you in the back pocket. It's yeah. here to make sure that you're... Um, the people that you're putting in your property yeah. are safe. Yeah. That's the biggest thing with it. Um, and there probably could be some insurance issues too if you haven't done the compliance. There, there, there definitely is potential for it. Yeah. If so, you haven't done it and someone gets uh, electrocuted yeah. here, and you haven't done it, whether it's got nothing to do with what you would have checked the toilet flooded and the whole house. And the house went under. Yeah, that's right. Drowned in their sleep. Died of septicemia. You know. um, <laughs> but it's but it's all all of those things. That you, it just opens you up. You don't yeah. want to have any door open on something like that for, yeah. a, for a landlord. Yeah. Um, and same for a tenant. They prefer to be all. Yeah. They'd be safe. Yeah. yeah. Well, we had an incident yesterday which was sort of, um, you know I mean, someone got a little tingle. Um, well, they thought they got a tingle off a light switch, yeah. and um, wasn't that, it was just a crackling behind it. But you I mean that was, but it was, yeah. Once yeah. you pull that switch off, like, but people just they don't realise that when you hear that crackle, that's you need to ring somebody. Mm. But it's crazy the amount of times we actually get there and it's too late, and there's already smoke and it's already melting, and you know, and it's like, yeah, back to our safety switches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks again, Andrew and Jono, for helping Real Estate Right listeners with a little more insight into what is now required with the new tenancy laws. So I think you both have a special offer for our listeners. So, Andrew, can you let us know what you've got going? Yeah, so well, we've actually got a 10% discount off our regular rates till the end of November. Beautiful. So uh, that should make everyone a bit easier. Our regular rate is 339, 339 yeah. which is very... Very uh, very good costing. So ten percent off that's going to work a lot better for your listeners. Yep. So three thirty nine. What what would you get for that service? That's that's the whole safety check. Oh, the safety check. Yeah, for yeah the, the safety check for the gas. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. And Johnny, have you got going? Um, yeah. So for real estate right listeners, uh, we're going to do both the electrical and the smoke detector. Uh, checks in the same price at 280 plus GST. Sounds good. So worth getting these two in to help you out. So thanks so much, guys. Always a pleasure to have you. Keep our listeners in the know. Now, how can our listeners get in touch with you if they want to take up these offers? Absolutely. Butler Plumbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can look us up. We've got a fairly good website out there. Uh, the email is service at butlerplumbing.com.au and the phone number is... You got a pen? Zero, <laughs> zero four one eight five four nine zero nine three. And there's always someone who'll answer that number. Beautiful, thank you. And John? Um, yeah, contact us at admin at mccartneyelectrical.com.au or call us today on 1300 and you'll get the lovely Emily. Beautiful. So thanks again, Andrew and Jono. We will have your details in our show notes as well as on our social media so that listeners can make the most of these great offers. Thanks for coming in. No worries. Thanks, Thanks, Langers. Thanks. Okay. Now, next week we have our next town taster where we go west to Laverton North. And on Thursday we have the junk man. His name is Precious Paul. On to talk to us about what to do when the cleaning and the packing becomes all too much. So don't miss it.
Real Estate Right is a real copyright production, hosted and produced by me, Sue Langada. I would like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast, Premium Beat for our theme music, and Francis Morello for his voiceover. Real Copyright is a leading real estate copywriting service throughout Melbourne. If you would like your property copywritten by Real Copyright, please book your copy through orders at realcopyright.com.au. If you would like us to help create more valuable real estate information for the people of Melbourne in this podcast, contact sue at realestateright.com.au. Thanks for listening to Real Estate Right.